This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm a board-certified emergency critical care specialist and toxicologist. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're going to be talking about helpful hints when it comes to introducing babies and toddlers to dogs and cats. We'll also talk about great ways of being able to pet-proof during this important time. We'd like to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Pretty Litter. A bag of Pretty Litter weighs four pounds, and it's really lightweight. Most litter weighs between 20 to 40 pounds. It's also long-lasting. One bag of Pretty Litter lasts an entire month for one cat. It's also got built-in health monitoring. It keeps tabs on your cat's health by changing color if it detects potential health issues. For example, Pretty Litter may turn green or blue if it notices a high urinary pH, which can lead to bladder crystals and stone formation. If Pretty Litter turns purple or red, it may indicate that there's blood in there. And this can oftentimes be a sign of bladder stones, crystals, bladder inflammation, or even a urinary tract infection. If you notice an unusual color, when in doubt, Consult with your veterinarian to find out what's going on. We'll want to get a sterile urine sample, but it could be a helpful indicator by keeping tab on your cat's health. Pretty Litter also has microcrystals that absorb the urine and odor, so it's got amazing odor control. Also, it's easy maintenance. All you have to do is scoop the poop. No more clumping. Pretty Litter is delivered straight to your door every month with free shipping, so it's hassle-free and convenient. Go to prettylittercats.com slash ervet and use the promo code ERVET for 20% off your first subscription order. Thanks for joining us today. Today, we're gonna talk about how to introduce babies or newborns to pets in your house. And I had to deal with this approximately a year and a half ago when I was blessed with a newborn. Now, as a veterinarian, I'm often asked by pet owners who are expecting how they can best acclimate their dog or their cat to their newborn. And this is really important because we wanna make sure that you're keeping your newborn safe and your dog and cat happy. Now, while it's an exciting time for you and your spouse, it can be really scary for your dog or cat. And that's because of all the weird smells, odors, and noises that come out of your newborn. So it's really important to acclimate as early as possible. One of my biggest hints is to make sure to plan ahead so you're taking the right steps within the first few weeks. My general rule is never leave your newborn alone with a dog or a cat. You always wanna supervise them for the first few years. While that sounds like a lot, we always wanna make sure that we're not endangering your newborn and keeping your dog and cat safely away. Now, if you don't have a dog that's obedience trained, this is the best time to start it. I'm a firm believer if any pet owner is about to adopt or rescue or purchase a dog, they have to be fully committed to two semesters of basic obedience class. So even if you adopt an adult dog, that still means two semesters of puppy obedience. This is important because we always wanna make sure that dogs listen, that they don't jump, that they understand sit, stay and down, some basic commands. And most importantly, that your dog has what we call a solid recall. In other words, when you call them, they're always gonna come back to you. Now, if you already have an obedient dog, the next steps that you wanna implement to making sure that your pet 
pet-friendly house is kid-friendly is to make gradual changes to your dog's routine. I also like to make sure that your dog is acclimated to the sound. So the first thing is to make sure to get the nursery ready and to let the pets in there. It's okay to let them smell the new toys or equipment that you're gonna have in that room. So I actually do like to have the pets in that room. This is important so your dog or cat has time to explore before you even bring the newborn home. The second thing that's really important, knowing that your newborn is gonna cry, whimper, and scream, your dog and cat aren't used to that sound. So I actually like to YouTube a video where you can hear a baby crying and just play it. Play it gradually in a really soft volume and gradually increase the volume. And that way you can make sure that your pets are getting used to the various baby sounds that are going to fill your house soon. The next thing, acclimate your pets to the smells. Things like baby powder, lotion, diapers, all of these have unique smells. So important to get your dog or cat used to that. Now, if your baby was born and you were in the hospital for a few days, if someone has the opportunity to bring home some towels or some clothes with the baby's scent on it, this is really important because it's a good way to introduce your pet to the smell. Just put the towel or that blanket straight in the nursery, let your dog or your cat sniff it, and that way you can acclimate your pets to the smell. The next important aspect is make sure you teach your dog that they have a safe place to go. This may be going to the bed. So I like the command, go to your bed. And that way my dog always knows when I say that, it's not a punishment, but it's just a little time out. And I always reward them with a treat. I'll use a release command like okay, so they know when they can get up. But I like to do this so that my dog is going to go to a place where they feel secure. And this may be a crate. Don't forget to reward them. But you want to do this in case you have your hands full and you have your infant in your hand and it's an opportunity just to keep your dog separate. The next important thing is when you're bringing your newborn home, always make sure that you greet your dog alone. And this is really important because we don't want to show all our attention to the baby. We still want to make sure that our pets are getting important loving and attention from us. But you want to make sure that your dog doesn't get excited by the whimpering and jump on your baby. And you always want to be there so you can make sure so it's a supervised visit. This is always important for the first few months. Remember, there are really horrible accounts where babies have been attacked because when they're crying, it sounds like whimpering. It sounds like a whimpering prey. So regardless of what size your dog is, you always want to make sure to keep your dog and your newborn supervised at all times. I also like to make sure that I have a kid-free zone. And that may be one room where you put up a crate and this is more important when your infant or your toddler are crawling around, but you always want an infant-free area where your pets can escape. Before we continue with this really cool topic, let's talk about how to accessorize your pet's life. If you're celebrating an upcoming birthday or adoption day for your four-legged friend, deck out your party with new Molly and Bandit pet party accessories. This is a great line of party products that are designed specifically for your dog or cat. They're wearables for your pups, including adjustable party hats, bow ties, and tutus. The photo prop kits include funny glasses and hats, so this will be perfect if your pet is popular on Instagram. Check out all the great pet party products, again, at mollyandbanditpetparty.com slash petlife. You're probably wondering why I'm talking about how to introduce a newborn or an infant to your dog or cat. 
wow, this is an ER show. Well, one of the reasons why is sometimes I will see little accidents or bite wounds when people are worried about introducing their pets. We always wanna make sure as veterinarians that we're keeping our infants, our two-legged and our four-legged creatures safe. What we talked about before was how to introduce your dog or your cat to the newborn. Well, now I wanted to talk about the toddler stage. When your baby starts crawling, you always wanna make sure to supervise your dog and your cat and your baby all at the same time. Unfortunately, a lot of people misinterpret natural dog behavior. They may think that a wagging tail is friendly when sometimes it's not. It just means that your dog is alert. As your baby begins to crawl, it's really important that you have a safe zone where your dog can escape your infant or toddler. Same thing for a cat. Remember, dogs don't always communicate, such as snapping or growling. They don't always give warning. So you always wanna make sure you're there supervising it so you know that your baby isn't pulling on a dog's tail or pulling on their ears. I know for my cat, my cat would jump up onto the glider while I was holding my baby. And this was a good time to teach my baby or my infant how to gently pet my dog or cat. So I would just use my infant's hand and gently pet the side of my dog, not right over the head, not near the ears, but just on the side. And so I always had a command, gentle, or in Spanish, suave, so my child knows to use gentle touches. Now, in terms of making sure that your pet is safe, there are a couple of emergencies that I commonly see. The last emergency I saw was a mom who came in with the x-ray and this dog was referred in for a possible foreign body. And what that means in the veterinary world is that that dog ate something and now we're worried that it's stuck in their stomach or their intestines. Now this case was specifically referred in for an abdominal ultrasound. This dog had been vomiting for about a week, about two to four times a day and wasn't eating anymore. And by the time they got to their vet, this dog was pretty dehydrated and also had a painful abdomen. Now this dog was referred in for ultrasound, but when I took a look at the x-ray, I could see what looked very familiar as a parent, and it was five baby pacifiers stuck in the stomach and the intestines. Remember, when your child is sucking on a pacifier or a nook or whatever you call it, there's that smell of milk and saliva dried on that pacifier. So of course your dog and cat are gonna be curious. It smells good, it smells like cheese, it smells disgusting, so they're gonna eat it. So I have seen so many dogs that come in for emergency surgery where the poor owners end up spending several thousand dollars because they have to surgically have the pacifiers removed from their dog's stomach. This is the same exact thing with a lot of infant toys. These are small chewable toys that may be little balls or bells. And unfortunately, dogs and cats are really curious, so they may actually ingest them. Same thing with baby socks. Dogs love to eat baby socks, and they're really small, so it seems like they would pass, but depending on the size of the dog, unfortunately, this can also result in a clop foreign body in your dog's stomach or intestines. When in doubt, you always wanna make sure to pick up the pacifiers, socks, small spoons, small chewable toys, because this is gonna help prevent any kind of emergency to your dog or your cat. Now, I wanted to talk about a couple of myths out there. A lot of people worry about 
having their dog or cat exposed to their infant because they're worried it's going to cause pet allergies. You do not give away your dog or cat just because you're worried about this. I'm going to tell you there's a lot of research out there in pediatric medicine. And what they actually found is if children less than two years of age grow up with a pet almost full time, and this is dogs and cats, it actually reduces the incidence of eczema and future pet allergies. So this is really important. You don't need to get rid of your dog or cat just because you're pregnant or just because you have an infant, but this is actually helpful to your newborn's immune system to be exposed to some of these allergens because down the line, it does reduce the risk of eczema and allergies. The one last aspect I wanted to talk about is for people who are pregnant right now. And if they have cats, some medical doctors will say, oh, you need to get rid of your cat. That is never the case. You can totally keep your cat. The reason why MDs are worried about this is because sometimes cats will carry a disease called toxoplasma. And the reason why it's important to know about this disease is because there's a type of parasite that cats can carry in their body. Now, if you have an indoor outdoor cat, that likes to hunt, this is especially important that you pay attention. Now, most cats don't become sick from toxoplasma. They actually just carry it in their body. However, it becomes of concern because toxoplasma is considered a zoonotic disease. What does that mean? That means it's a disease that can spread to you also. In a normal, healthy human, this isn't a big deal. But if you're pregnant or immunosuppressed, you always want to talk to your veterinarian about this. And again, this is one of the reasons why MDs become concerned if you have a cat when you're pregnant. No, you don't have to get rid of your cat, but you do have to be worried about toxoplasma. Cats shed toxoplasma in their feces. And for that reason, if you're scooping the kitty litter, we always worry about secondary exposure to toxoplasma. Now, most cats that carry toxoplasma are those that are more likely to go outside and hunt. And that's because wildlife carry toxoplasma. So if your cat likes to eat dead things like mice, rats, and voles, your cat can be exposed. I will also tell you if you garden a lot or eat rare or raw meat, you also can be exposed to toxoplasma. So that's why it's really important that if you're gardening, you be aware that if you have cats defecating in the garden or wildlife, it could expose the soil to toxoplasma. That's also one of the reasons why they tell you when you're pregnant that you wanna eat all your meat fully cooked, not raw or rare. The reason why we care about toxoplasma is because unfortunately in humans, it can result in miscarriage, mental impairment, and birth defects in the fetus. Rarely, when cats are affected by toxoplasma, it can make them sick too, but it's less common. It can cause a fever. It can cause inflammation of the eye, what we call uveitis. It can cause pancreatitis, which is inflammation of the pancreas. And rarely, it can cause pneumonia or even neurologic signs. This is why it's so important that if you do have cats and you're trying to get pregnant or you are pregnant, that you always talk to your medical doctor about this. Now, again, it's a myth. You don't have to get rid of your cat, but you definitely want to make sure that you're taking appropriate precautions to avoid exposure to toxoplasma. So what precautions are we going to take when it comes to being pregnant? Ideally, you don't want to scoop the kitty litter. Either use an automatic kitty litter scooper or make your spouse or partner clean the litter box every single day the whole time that you're pregnant. Now, I will also tell you that toxoplasma takes over 24 hours in the cat's feces to hatch into its dangerous form. So if you scoop two to three times a day or even once a day, 
you're not going to be at risk for toxoplasma. I'm a neurotic scooper. And so honestly, when I got pregnant, I actually had toxoplasma titers tested and I had never been exposed before. Another way that you can keep safe from toxoplasma is to keep your cat indoors. If you keep your cat indoors, it avoids exposure of toxoplasma through hunting. The second important thing is always wear gloves while you're gardening or handling soil outside. The third thing is avoid feeding a raw diet to your cat because this can help minimize exposure to toxoplasma and other types of bacteria while you're immunosuppressed when you're pregnant. Another great way of preventative care is to make sure that you always cover a child's sandbox in your garden. The main reason why is because this looks like a gigantic kitty litter box to other outdoor cats or stray cats. And we never want a cat to defecate in a children's box because that sandbox can result in accidental exposure to you if a cat defecates in there. The next way of keeping yourself safe from toxoplasma is to not handle raw meat or make sure that you're using appropriate hygiene. Always wash your hands when handling raw meat or rare meat. Make sure you always wash your hands if you are cleaning the litter box. When in doubt, have someone else scoop it or scoop at least once or twice a day to avoid exposure. And make sure that you avoid any contact with stray cats or outdoor cats when you're pregnant. That means no volunteering at the shelters, no fostering new cats while you're pregnant. Again, the risk of transmission is really, really rare, but I obviously wanna make sure that you and your cats are completely safe. When it comes to your child, whether or not they're unborn, or whether or not they're an infant or a toddler, you always wanna make sure that you're keeping yourself safe, your infant safe, and your dog and cat safe. Remember, this can be a stressful, tiring time. So when in doubt, you always wanna check with your veterinarian. Remember to keep certain foreign bodies out of reach, like pacifiers or baby bottles, little small infant toys. Make sure you're acclimating your dog and your cat slowly to the unusual sounds and noises that your infant or newborn are gonna make. And with that, don't worry, dogs and cats can get along just fine with your newborn. When in doubt, you always wanna consult with a veterinary behaviorist or your veterinarian if you have any questions or problems. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. Thanks for tuning in. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook at Dr. Justine Lee, or email me any of your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time, and we want to thank Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>